Welcome. Today's date is November 1st, 2018. Hard to believe it's here already. This is another podcast, another episode of Hamilton Sales Training, where you get all the answers for modern automotive sales. And we've got a very interesting episode here today. And this was brought to my attention by a wonderful sales manager who has done a really, really good job with market-based pricing uh, in used cars and training the sales consultants to utilize that concept and hold more growth, sell more cars and really translate value to the customer in a different way and, and really to retrain the customer base one by one. And I know it sounds like a huge undertaking, but it's something that we have to embrace along with the transparency and, and everything else that we're talking about here. This is not going to be a tremendously long episode. This is going to be kind of a hit it really hard and, and go home and think about it and how can we get better and better. But anyway, just to start right away, let me set the scene for you. We had a very young consumer come in, a younger gal, probably mid-20s, and uh, she had been waited on by uh, a newer sales consultant who's been doing a really, really good job picking up, again, on the concepts uh, that we utilize here and feigned indifference and building value and and market-based pricing philosophy and, and everything that we do. But he went ahead and showed a vehicle, got the commitment, and went to the desk. And the way the sales manager related it is he asked him the questions that he normally does. You know, did you do a trial close? Is the customer ready to do something now? Even though, again, it's a good question to ask, even though it's not vitally important, depending on your store and if you're going to put it on paper anyway. But, again, that's another story. But they decided to go ahead with a write-up and proceed with the sale and try to close the sale. So... Uh, the price was twenty four nine ninety nine. Just a quick thought about pricing. I know a lot of different facilities or dealer groups do it a lot of different ways. That's more conventional. Of course, you have those that like to price things at twenty four nine fourteen, twenty four eight ninety one, what have you, or those that like to price it on an even number, like a twenty four five or a twenty five even, uh, whereby they uh, get more hits over the internet, and that's the philosophy behind that. Either way. You're taught how to explain it. The price here was $24,999 plus tax, title, license, and doc fee. The customer stating that they're going to write a check for the full amount, that's fine. Obviously, we always would like to convert to financing if at all possible. Every dollar is important. So the sales consultant goes back to the customer, and this was after the sales manager had asked, now, did you explain our market-based pricing philosophy? He goes, well, she already has an idea of what she wants to spend. Now, the sales manager had to stop the sales consultant right there and say, okay, hold on. You wouldn't by chance have already gotten an idea on an offer. She didn't mention any of that to you. She's always trying to get information before we dusted you. Uh, yeah, we did. And was that offer based on anything whatsoever as far as research, anything she's read or heard? No, it's just what she wanted to spend. And what do we talk about that? So the sales manager is helping to coach the consultant. I think the consultant, knowing all these concepts, understood where this was going. Well, it's all she has to spend. Okay, and then you also explain to her that because everything is market-based priced, what she has to spend and what the vehicle is going to sell for are not related. And you know perhaps you might have to look at a different vehicle or she might have to get her sights up a little bit. It's easier to find a little bit more money in your budget now and buy what you would like rather than settle. Trade out of it in a year and have it cost you thousands of dollars. That's another word track that we, we study at Hamilton Sales Training. So it's kind of a powerful one. But at any rate, the sales manager is coaching uh, the sales consultant. He goes back to the desk. Here's the problem. If the customer already offers that up and we don't do a good enough job setting up the sales manager or setting up the deal, the results just aren't going to be that good. You've already, that that opportunity unfortunately may have passed unless there's a way to save it. Now we're going to talk about how to save it. There is a way to save this. 
doesn't happen all the time. But remember, all these ideas and concepts, if they get you one more car deal out of 10, that's huge. That's 10 whole percent. You're taking yourself from 20% to 30%, 30% to 40%. You're going to become elite more sooner than later, that's for sure. At any rate, you have to set your sales manager up for success by setting the table properly. If you run into a big problem, if somebody doesn't understand the concept, if they aren't just aren't getting it right away, go ahead and get your sales manager involved right away. That's extremely important, too, and any fine sales manager would love to get in early and try to set the table as best they can for it. And this doesn't mean we want to reject the customer's offer out of hand. We don't want to just reject the customer. We're used to what rejection feels like, right? And it's not that good of a feeling. So we don't want to do that to the customer. And if the customer loses face, and that's what we're going to get to here in a minute, your chances of getting back are almost nil. So we want to make sure that they do not leave believing that they've lost face because they will buy a vehicle they do not want. They will spend more money on it because they're afraid to come back to you and admit that, hey, you know, you were right. People just don't like to do that. So moving forward, obviously what happened was the sales consultant presented the numbers, tried to present the value and the market-based pricing, and the consumer said, well, you do know how to negotiate, don't you? Apparently she had been trained how to negotiate or she thought she knew how to negotiate. I'm not going to say whether she read a book, if she had help, whether she was applying old school philosophies she may have heard from you know someone, again, that's, that's trying to assist her, I do not know. But I do know this, that there was definitely a disconnect between what she believed the markup or margin in a car was and what there really is under a dealership that is using the market-based pricing philosophy successfully and utilizing that, that concept and that sales process. So there was a big problem here. The offer came back to the desk at $22,000 out the door. Nice round figure, makes total sense, except for the simple fact that it was not possible. You're not going to take, it was a fresh unit too, they were not going to take this on a 14 Lexus SUV. They were not going to take a short deal on that vehicle being less than 15 days old. They were going to maximize the profit. So now what do you do? The, the, the customer already threw out a ridiculous number. Now, I have had sales managers say, I just reject it very nicely, very kindly, that's what the sales manager did. He did take a turn on the deal. She smiled, a painful smile, when he explained to her that there's not a relationship you know, between budget and that these vehicles are market-based price. There's not the margin there used to be. There's not shell games. There's no smoke and mirrors. And this is done to treat our customers really well. We turn our inventory very quickly here. So as kind as he was, as well as the material was presented, it wasn't set up properly. He didn't have a chance. So let's talk about how he might have handled it a little bit better at that point. Because at that point, after you've lost, or the customer's lost face, going in and even kindly explaining the philosophy and the idea behind it is still embarrassing. And you're going to lose her, or him. That's just human nature. So again, it was a painful smile. She got up and left. And uh, the chances of coming back are, are very, very slim. The only chance that you had there was to have her buy into it and make her feel good about her money and her purchase. Now, I don't want to go into you know uh, age or anything like that or generations. I don't get into that. People are people. Uh, I know. I get it. There are different philosophical differences. There are different expectations uh, generationally, if I can say it that way. But let's just talk about the human being. Let's just talk about, without getting into personality types, we talked about that last episode, without getting into that too deeply, what can we do to re-educate the customer, hopefully prevent them from losing face, and make sure that we have an opportunity to get that customer back or even close the car deal. First off, it has to be set up by the sales consultant. 
and it has to be done properly, and you have to have total respect for them and their money. And you have to even tell them that. You know, we are grateful you gave us the opportunity to respect you and your money very, very much, and we'd love to, you know, have the chance to have the business. And we feel that we represent the marketplace very well with our vehicles, the way they're set up, and how they're priced. These are all good things. But again, it has to be set up, and when you say, you know, you want to offer $22,000, you can go back to the basic. That's like saying that our price is too high, correct? And we know the counter for that. If you say the price is too high, do you mean more than you want to spend a day or more than you believe the vehicle's worth? If it's more than you believe the vehicle's worth, then you can ask them the follow-up question, what have you read or heard that led you to a different figure, and what might that be? Or, if it's not, because that's a value situation, if it's budget, if it's more than you have to spend, then we go right back to the fact that there's not a relationship between, again, what this will bring in the marketplace and what, what you have to spend. And you try to say that as respectfully as possible. So how do we save this situation? It's difficult. It can be really difficult for a sales manager. Number one, people don't like to meet sales managers all the time. Well, we never really talked about this because it's more manager training, but about how to take a turn. So how I've always done it in the past is basically let them go. You know, before you go, before you had a chance to leave, I just wanted to touch base with you and thank you for taking time out of your day to visit with us. And I always like to let them know that they can go anytime. And you have to be careful. We talked about this in prior podcasts that, you know, that can backfire a little bit too, but that's the best way to do it. If somebody really wants to buy the car and they're willing to spend the money, they don't want, they're not going to go. Now, if somebody doesn't believe in the price and knowing that they've been released, they're going to stick around, hopefully, and be more receptive to your words because there's no pressure on them whatsoever. So let's try this. So instead of, again, understanding that that offer can't even be countered, really, should it be? If somebody offers you 22 out the door and you're at 24999 plus tax title license and doc fee, I mean, that's closer to a 27 figure, I would think, in most states and situations. So you're five grand away. So what do you do? Do you take a couple hundred dollars off? And what does that do to the customer? Is that just as much of an insult as not giving an offer? No. Now you could have to decide, I guess, based on the customer, but I would think that either one is is the same. You have to continue to build the idea and the philosophy. So let's do that. If a sales manager goes into the customer, again, very respectful, very polite, professional courtesy will take care of almost anything. Now, we know that she came in, the customer came in strong-willed, strong-armed, ready to go, guns a-blazing, and we have to go ahead and take that away somehow and make her feel comfortable with us so the customer comfort was not set neither during the interview neither during the presentation or the demonstration and that put us in a position to fail and that's something that we really have to watch and rather than reject the offer out of hand why not basically say that why not go down to the customer thank them for their time and say you know before you go please understand that we respect you very much and we, we are grateful for the opportunity you're giving us but things have changed if you've uh, been told about or had ideas about you know the car business and how negotiation takes place and what kind of margins there are in these pre-owned vehicles that's old news in a lot of cases a lot of facilities are changing and if the price of the vehicle is truly market-based and you can discover this information's there it's transparent for you and you have to interpret the information so that's why a sales consultant is very valuable you have to interpret it accurately. But if it's priced right, no negotiation is necessary. No negotiation should be necessary. Does that mean that we won't? Well, now, if you're a facility, let me get off the word tracks here. If you're a facility that negotiates, you're not a one-price facility, 
then you leave that open. So if you're a facility that will allow for negotiation, that's not to say, so let's go back into the conversation with the customer. So not to say that we're going to lose you over a couple hundred dollars or a few hundred dollars. We're not. If it makes sense, you know, we'll take a little bit shorter margin to keep, keep you as a customer or to make you a customer of ours. You're very important to us. Now you get into the warm fuzzies, but you explain why. So if I were to come back at 24.613 or 24.5 or something like that, now we've made a counter offer. Now, whenever you make a concession, this is very important. Write this down. Remember this. Of course, I'll be repeating it thousands of times, <laughs> so it's all right. But whenever you make a concession or suggest that you might make a concession, give a reason why. We've talked about this before. Don't go in saying, we're willing to do this. We'll go ahead and do that. What if I do this? I love that one too. Well, don't what if them necessarily. There's a time and a place for that. But explain to them why you would make a concession and then ask for the business. So let's say explaining everything, explaining the market-based pricing philosophy, explaining that no negotiation is necessary or little negotiation should be necessary if the vehicle's priced correctly and it represents a value to the customer. That being said, you're very important to us. I want you to tell all your friends and family that this is the place to buy their vehicles. That's how we grow. You know, that's how we maintain our business and increase our business. So you have to say very good things about us, and your words have weight. Your words carry weight. That being said, we've gone ahead and made a market adjustment of 24500 The bottom line is this. If I get your okay here and we can continue with the paperwork, we'll take great care of you. And it's time to close the sale. Can we go ahead and schedule time for you to pick up your new vehicle? Close the sale. And see how that works for you. Because the biggest thing we forget to do is ask for the business. And I'll tell you what. Most times when people are coming in with this idea and they're you know, a powerful personality or they're demanding or they've been coached or they have false ideas, you have to get past the false ideas, get away from the negative emotion of what they believe the business used to be, show them how it is, re-educate the customer, allow them to save face, and then ask for the business. But the only way to do that is professional courtesy and positive value statements and warm fuzzies. And you guys can learn all about that terminology and beyond the walk around and all the other materials that we have available. Go to HamiltonSalesTraining.com. Go to the YouTube channel. You can see a whole bunch of neat stuff there. And also, here's big news. I should have started with this. The Concerns Journal is available. Finally, we finally got everything correct in it. And uh, there will also be a video on YouTube on how to use the Concerns Journal. So I think that's going to be very important as well. Just you know, and you can you know buy one, buy two, buy one for a year or two or three or four. They'll last you that long. I mean, because what it is really is you're growing, you're making notes, handwritten notes, and this is your again your journal on how to overcome concerns. Use third party examples. There's a lot of information in there. Uh, every major counter to concerns and objections from beyond the walk around. So please uh, pick up a copy of that. So we're going to move forward and uh, go on to the next episode that'll come out here in the next week or two but until then please please positive value statements professional courtesy warm fuzzies everything that we've talked about market-based pricing philosophy and become elite want to get a hold of me it's 815-988-1297 815-988-1297 or again rob at hamilton sales training.com have a great day